anybody that this morning? Anybody fasting, praying, you just need God to move? Go ahead, make some noise, raise your hand, say, uh-huh, on me, something. You need God to answer. You are seeking a, a fresh vision of Jesus, and you're hungry, and you're desperate, and you've been in the wilderness, but I want you to hear me this morning. The wilderness may be dry, but there is water in the rock this morning. The wilderness may feel like God is far away, but the Spirit is in the wilderness with you. You may be in a wilderness, but you are not alone, and you are not destined to stay in the wilderness. Hear me this morning. Do not give up. Be encouraged today. You've been facing trials, injustice, attack. It feels like no matter where you go or what you do, trial gets worse and the struggle gets more intensive. Do not give up. Do not give up. I believe it was Winston Churchill who said, if you're going through hell, keep going. Don't stop there. tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story. There was a, a woman who was widowed. When her husband died, everything was in his name, right? And so her future and her stability was up in the air. The law said that she should be provided for, but it required her going to the judge and for the judge to rule in her favor and issue the order and sign the paper so that she would have what was legally entitled to her. So she would repeatedly go before the judge to make her case, but the judge was unjust, unrighteous. He was full of himself. He was unconcerned with what the people thought about him. He was arrogant. He was privileged and he was powerful. And he didn't care about this widow. She would show up and he would dismiss her. She would make her case and he would dismiss her. She would show up at the courtroom, but he would dismiss her. She would tell her story to anyone who would hear, but the judge would dismiss her. She would cry out for justice, but her cries for justice would go unanswered. She was afraid. She was confused. She was feeling hopeless. It was the right thing, the just thing for the judge to rule in her favor, but the judge didn't fear God. The judge didn't care about doing the right thing. He only kept and was concerned with keeping up power and his privilege. He did not care about justice. He did not care about people. He certainly didn't care about the marginalized widow who needed justice so that she could survive, so that she could live, so that she could eat, so that she could have her home. But she kept getting louder. She kept showing up at court. She kept making her case. She kept on. She was persistent. She was a persistent widow. She kept showing up until the judge gave up. She finally wore the judge down. The judge finally ruled in her favor, heard her case, and gave her justice. Not because he was just, 
not because he was righteous, not because he was even decent, but because he was simply tired of dealing with this widow. Hear me this morning. Some of you can identify with this woman. You've been seeking justice. You've been looking for the things that have been broken to be made whole. You've been looking and searching for the answer that brings peace and wholeness. Hear me again. Some of you have been praying, but you don't hear or see the answer yet. I want you to hear me, church. In your praying, I want you to understand something. Our God is not like the unjust judge. One of the first things we learn about God in Scripture is the revelation of His character in Exodus chapter 36. In Exodus chapter 36, verse 6, Exodus 34, verse 6, it says this, The Lord passed in front of Moses and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord is compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love and truth. Let me read it again. The Lord is compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in faith and in love, faithful love and truth. This is the nature and character of God. We best understand the nature and character of God when we set our eyes on Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 5, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself, by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every other name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee would bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the nature and character of our God. He is not an unjust God. Our God is not unconcerned or uncaring or unjust. Our God is not concerned with maintaining his power and his privilege. Our God is concerned with those who do not have his power and his privilege. Our God is concerned with using his power and his privilege to empower the weak and to privilege the downtrodden. The story I told you about the widow, that's a story Jesus told us about the power of persistent prayer of a widow to an unjust judge compared to a just God. Luke chapter 18, verse 6, then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay in helping him? This is the point that Jesus wants us to understand here with this parable. 
if the unjust judge was willing to grant justice because of the persistence of the widow, how much more will a God who is just and caring and slow to anger and abounding in love, how much more will that God be willing to answer and bring justice to those who ask and seek and knock and pray and pray and pray and seek his face and humble themselves before him. What kind of God do we serve? We serve a God not like the unjust judge who tries to push us aside. We serve a God who is slow to wrath, who is compassionate, and who hears the cries of his people. That's the God we serve. So pray always. Taking notes, pray always and not give up. The story of the unjust judge is the story Jesus told his disciples because they needed to understand and they needed to learn the importance of persistent prayer. Let's read this parable now from Luke chapter 18, starting at verse 1. Now Jesus told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not give up. That's the point of the parable. He told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not give up. There was a certain judge in a certain, there was a judge in a certain town who didn't fear God or respect people. And a widow in that town kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he was unwilling. But later he said to himself, even though I don't fear God, respect people, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice so that she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. Then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust says, the unjust judge says, saying that I guess I'll answer her or she's going to wear me out. But will not God grant justice to his elect if the unjust judge is going to do it? Simply because of her persistence, won't the God of justice grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay in helping them? Look at that first verse, chapter one, chapter 18, verse 1. He told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not give up. Pray always and not give up. Now here's the problem and the point of the parable. We give up because we don't believe that God will act justly. Again, he's painting a distinction between the unjust judge and the just God. God is not like the unjust judge. God doesn't answer us in spite of himself. He answers us because of who he is. Be persistent. Don't give up. Keep praying. He will answer. He will bring justice to his elect. He will bring justice to his people. The things that are wrong will be made right. Just keep praying. Patient, persistent prayer. Patient, persistent prayer. Hear this, church. Jesus is teaching us of the importance of patient, persistent prayer. 
Sometimes we pray and we don't see the answer immediately, and so we give up. We get disheartened. We get discouraged. Maybe we even get a little bitter towards God. Don't get bitter towards God. Don't get bitter towards God, church. Remind yourself of his nature. Remind yourself of his character. Remind yourself of who he revealed himself to be to Moses in Exodus and to us in Jesus. Fasting is a shortcut to an answer. Fasting is not a shortcut to an answer. Fasting is a discipline towards trusting God during the waiting. James chapter 5, starting at verse 7, says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the early and late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. He will act justly. He will He will bring justice. His coming is near. Be patient just like a farmer is patient. The seed has been planted. Be patient. Keep trusting. Keep watching. Keep, keep putting yourself in a place where the rain of the heavens of God can pour out on you and, and feed you and nourish your soul. Brothers and sisters, James says, do not complain to one another so that you will not be judged. But the look, the judge stands at the door. Brothers and sisters, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. See, we count as blessed those who have endured. You have heard of Job's endurance and have seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. The Lord is compassionate what, and merciful. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear either by heaven, by earth, or with any other oath, but let let your yes be yes, your no be no, so that you won't fall under judgment. Let's keep going. Is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church and they're able to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick person. The Lord will raise him up. If he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful and effective. If you grew up in church, you grew up here in the King James Version of that verse, right? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The CSB translates it, the prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Elijah was a human being as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the land, and then he prayed again, and the sky gave rain, and the land produced its fruit. My brothers and sisters, if any among you strays from the truth, truth and someone turns him back, by the patience
patience of the prophet, be encouraged by the faithfulness of God to Job, pray patient, persistent prayers. Be patient. Strengthen your hearts. Don't complain. Be encouraged by the prophets. Be encouraged by the faithfulness of God. Pray patient, persistent prayers. Are you suffering? Pray. Are you cheerful? Worship. Are you sick? Invite the elders of the church to anoint you with oil. Let me just stop there for a second. It says that he should call on the elders of the church. And the elders are anointed with oil and pray over them. Listen, we, we oftentimes, we wait for the preacher to just say the exact right thing that we need to answer. And then we'll come and we'll be anointed and we prayed for. Listen, if you're going through something, James puts it on you to come to the elder and say, Hey, pastor, pray for me. I need God to work a miracle in my life. We don't need to just sit around and wait for the pastor to get some special word of knowledge that speaks right to you. If you need prayer, get prayer. The prayer of faith. Therefore, there is healing in prayer. There is forgiveness in confession. Pray for one another. Therefore, James 5, 16, confess your sins one to another. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. The Amplified Bible, which I don't usually read from the Amplified Bible. I don't usually especially read from the Amplified Bible in church. Not because it's a bad translation, just because it puts every possible word in the Bible that it can. But listen, therefore confess your sins to one another, your false steps or offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man or believer is able to accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and has I think, I think the New Living Translation gets this verse the best. I've quoted it from the King James Version. I've read it from the CSB Translation, and, and, and I've read the Amplified. But I, the New Living Translation, I think, just encompasses all that and makes it very easy to understand. Listen, the earnest prayer, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great wonderful results. James 5.16, New Living Translation. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. See, I think the New Living Translation gets the meaning of the passage right. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and accomplishes what is intended to accomplish. You say, well, what does righteous mean? Simply, foundationally, at the, at the very base level, it simply means faithful. And so James lets us know that it doesn't mean some superhuman person. It just means the faithful people of God. The faithful people of God. If you are the faithful people of God, you can expect God to move when you pray. To illustrate his point, he brings in Elijah to understand. 
underscore this type of prayer. He says, Elijah is a man just like we are. And you might say, well, hold up a minute. Elijah was a prophet. Elijah called down fire from heaven on multiple occasions. Not just once. It was, it was like a common thing for Elijah. This, this Elijah, a, a man just like me, he was taking up on a whirlwind, he, a chariot of fire. He, he, defeated, he defeated the prophets of Jezebel. And he worked miracles. He, he called a famine on the land for three and a half years. And he raised a widow's son from the dead. He, he caused oil and flour not to run out for a widow in the famine so that she could feed her family. Elijah wasn't just the man you would say, but hold on. James disagrees with you. Elijah also, even though he worked these great miracles, Elijah also felt alone. He felt that no one understood him. He was depressed. And there was even a point in Elijah's ministry that he was suicidal and he was ready to die. And he did not want to go on. Elijah was a man just like you and I who experienced highs and experienced lows and had to learn how to trust God through all of it. Faithful. He doubted God's faithfulness. He was just a man, but he was faithful. He was faithful. He was faithful. That's what God honors more than anything is faithfulness. He trusted God. He believed God. He was persistent. He was patient. He was a man full of persistent, earnest, fervent prayer. And God heard him faithfully. God answered testimonies of God's faithfulness. I told you, I just want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today. I know you've, you've heard me share some of these testimonies, but as I was preparing for my sermon this week, I just, I felt like, I felt like my wife needed to share this from her perspective. As, as, a, as a mom, as a wife, as a, as a woman of God,
said that the brace didn't do that.
2 Peter 3, 9. Don't be slothful. Patient, persistent work. Jesus ends the parable with this question in Luke chapter 18, verse 8. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on the earth? Is faith Trusting not in the answer, but trusting in the God whose nature and character are trustworthy. He is a God of justice. He will act justly. He will do what is right. And when he returns, justice will be swift. Be patient. Be persistent. Be prayerful. Pursue our God. Our God is not a wicked judge, but our God is righteous just, compassionate, holy, slow to anger, and abounding in love. That's the God we're praying to. That's the God who will answer his people. No matter what you're facing this morning, no matter what trial you're facing, no matter what situation you're going through, patient, persistent, Why? Because we have a compassionate God. Faithfulness, why? Because we have a God who is slow to anger. Faithfulness, why? Because we have a God who is abounding in truth. Faithfulness, why? Because we have a God who is abounding in love. Faithfulness, why? Because we serve a just God. Patient, persistent. himself compassionate to you. God will prove himself trustworthy to you. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for your word. Thank you for your word. Lord, I pray right now for folks in this room who have been seeking, they've been praying. I just want to encourage them this morning not to give up to give up, not to give up, but if the unjust judge would answer the widow, how much more will our just God answer his elect? This morning, maybe you've been praying for something for a long time.